Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome back to the Dinda Dialogue. My name's Josh, and today we have the CEO of Tryon, Paul Calento. Paul, to kick us off, would you mind sharing us a little bit about your background and the time in the industry? Well, great to be here. Very excited to talk about the things that, that really excite me the most, which are really the changing landscape for publishers and media during these crazy times. Um, I'm Paul Calento. I'm the CEO of Tryon, and I've been working in the industry since the early 90s. In fact, I not only worked in publishing, I was a publisher. I was the publisher of Software Development Magazine um, in that 99, early 2000 area. I worked in tech media. I've, um, I've worked in, in ad tech. I've launched some companies. I've done it all in that area. And I, I've done it either as management and marketing and sales. Um, I built a uh, video company uh, that was a buy on like TV uh, on YouTube company called TriView Media, sold that in 2014 to Ad Knowledge. I focused a lot of my years on basically online brand building, essentially looking at how to help existing publisher brands launch new lines of business, whether that be in video, mobile, social media. I was doing podcasting in the mid 2000s um, and emerging market segments. Um, done video advertising, brand building, new segment creation, marketing. Um, I've both been a social influencer in helping build social influencer strategies for enterprise tech companies. I've been a social influencer myself I sold advertising on YouTube to, um, on, on top of social influencer um, stuff. Um, and I also is the general manager of AdParlor, a leading uh, platform for running Facebook, Twitter, Instagram brand advertising. Um, done it all in the industry, but the most exciting opportunity that I've ever been a part of is what we're doing here at Triumph. That's a, that's a lot to be said too, especially with the background that you just shared. So uh, sh share with us a little bit about what Tryon is. I'm familiar being with Didna, but for everybody watching and the publishers, where does Tryon sit in this very complicated ad ecosystem? Well, we, we aim at Tryon to be a benchmark standard for delivering scalable and proven digital advertising. And we do that across mobile, we do that across desktop. We do that across OTT. And our goal is ultimately, though, not to move inventory. It's to connect buyers and sellers together, people that want to consume a product that is sold by advertising on a publisher page. Mm -hmm. It's really about finding relevance in that, uh, in that market. And our focus is really about exposing, promoting, and utilizing target premium publishers as a proxy for audience identification and engagement. And we've been doing this, this company, Tryon has been doing this for 10 years. It's really where this company was built 10 years ago as a mobile engagement platform around contextual marketing is now being able to be applied in this post-cookie world in a way that, you know, really you couldn't even imagine what was old is new again. Right. So today we operate a comprehensive advertising marketplace, including multiple pieces of the programmatic 
our supply side platform or SSP. And that connects publishers with leading demand sources that often connect with us via our try-on pre-bid adapter or through our dynamic JavaScript tags. We also provide our publishing partners access to unique demand through our, our premium marketplace. And we really have a focus on high impact uh, ad placements, things like breakout advertisements, and et cetera. Some additional things that we do, uh, we, we link and align with additional supply sources outside of our network. Uh, we provide retargeting and remarketing and a host of other uh, ad tech solutions in that area. What we really think about in how we can basically connect with end customer and really also monetize publisher stuff really comes down to two words, speed and efficiency. And these are the limiting factors that keep inventory from being bought and customers from seeing advertisements that are blank. We've all, we've, particularly in video, we've all seen that, you know, um, and we're, we're, our goal is to do that with scale. And we have a variety of technologies in place, including that, that pre-bid adapter. Um, but in that ecosystem, I think that the thing we need to realize is what we're doing yesterday mm -hmm. isn't gonna work in 2022. We're really now moving into this post-cookie world and what we're trying to do with Tryon is provide a path to helping publishers best connect their audiences to demand partners in a privacy protected world. It's different than what we've been doing now. We have to transition those publishers now. And we have some particular expertise in doing this, not only in consumer packaged goods, quick service retail, we, uh, lottery, tourism, uh, healthcare, footfall, but also highly regulated markets. So we do a little bit of a lot, but the idea is to expose premium publisher inventory ultimately to the right person at the right time, in the right place, the right device, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. So talking about the, I really like the fact that things that are happening in 2020, 2021 are not going to be the same thing that's happening in 2022. And we've already seen that with with the way that video vast IMA tags are starting to blow up and people are starting to understand that more. And then there's now CTV and OTT. So could, could you kind of dive into that and how Tryon is maybe strategizing around that for the rest of this year and the, the cookie-less world that we're approaching too? How are you guys positioning yourself to be able to attack that the right way? Well, I, I think the thing is true of anything in ad tech is what, you know, what, regardless of the things that we know about today, there's going to be a variety of unknowns that are going to happen that we didn't know that happened. Right. right. And so we've got, we got to prepare for them. Right. So a couple of things happened last year. We had a constantly maturing ad tech ecosystem. You know, things like changed, okay? We have advertisers that are increasingly saying, hey, maybe traditional advertising isn't for me. Uh, maybe I should use search and social advertising. And there's, as we all know, there's plus and minuses to that. And then the other thing that happened last year was there was these realities of essentially a stay at home consumer mentality that was going on. Sure. And, you know, it not only changed the, the products that we sell, mm -hmm. but it also changed our internal orientation 
as a ad tech company, because in ad tech, it's very easy to start focusing on what you'd say a business centric mindset is. And that's a focus on how much did you sell? What did you sell it for? What was your margin? What was your fill? Things about you and things about your publisher partners, but it's really about, that's a business performance mindset. But when the customer is changing, we need to move to a customer-centric mindset. And that customer-centric is not us with a publisher or us with a brand or us with a DSP. It's really looking at the orientation of the actual person that's going to see those ads and figure out this idea of how are we better positioned and how do we better position the things that we have to better create environments which are going to lead to either enthusiasm, happiness, or a purchase, or somewhere in between or a combination thereof of all those types of things. And I think that the reality of finding out in early March that much of your business might disappear like happened last year with COVID really does start to get you to think what works and what doesn't. And that really is you put your ear to the ground, you say, what has changed? And the thing that really did change last year is whereas people used to use advertising and go to a store, today they go to an e-commerce storefront. Yeah. And that and, and that really does change on some level, maybe not the mechanics of how the Try and Connect supply side platform works, but it does really change how we package, position, explain, and expose the inventory, uh, given the fact that you know somebody looking to purchase something is going to be looking at um, advertising environments different than before when it was used just for reaching frequency. Yeah. No, that's, re- that's really cool. So how, with your experience as, as a publisher, and I did catch that in the very beginning, and, and what you keep addressing is a very publisher-centric organization, which I think is super important. Not a lot of publishers get that kind of attention, right? So what, what have you used as a publisher that have kind of helped you drive that strategy? Well, you know, it, it, it's interesting. So there's a, when you, the word publisher literally can mean so many things to <laughs> so many people in the, in the online advertising world. You know? right. and, and my, my definition historically has been um, organizations that invest in content as a proxy for generating and connecting with audience. And right. so ultimately the first key of, a, of any good publisher is that you're building content that people are, at least a significant percentage thereof, are finding you organically, meaning that you're not buying traffic, you're basically finding people find you because that shows to some extent that you're doing something right and that in the investment that you're making and either the the e-commerce, you you know, uh, that you're building um, or even the content you're providing has value to somebody. And in those audiences, it's really important to look at how much organic site traffic you're getting, where it's coming, um, where the value of your site is, what kind of traffic generates the most value, what kind of traffic, this might be different, what kind of traffic or what type of content generates the most page views. 
And that's what, you know, one of the areas that I work in tech publishing, it's kind of funny is when you go on an enterprise tech site, you will see an inordinate amount of articles inevitably about Apple. Apple is not really a big enterprise player, but yeah. it generates lots and lots of page views and lots and lots of reads. And so from a publisher standpoint, you can sell your inventory programmatically if you have been established in the market for a while, you are bringing in a unique audience consistently, and you are monitoring things like stickiness. What is the time spent? How many page views per visit? And how many return visits are you measuring and monitoring? Ideally, you want those metrics to go up over time. And then you want to also be saying, how well is my site indexing so that I get new people into the site that didn't know me, that might find me through search. And am I convert? And this is the biggest, one of the biggest challenges of Google News and, and the search area is publishers get one-time visits, mm-hmm. but they get high levels of bounces. And they, and, they, and they get very few return visits. And so the key thing to look at is most publishers have the analytics tools to be able to understand those kinds of things. And if you are working on improving those core metrics, as opposed to just getting more content out there, you are going to find higher rates of fill when you move this stuff into a programmatic ecosystem. And yes. so a little bit of effort will yield demand without you doing anything around ad placements, ads per page or whatever. So if your business is about providing good content, making sure that that content is resonating with the audience will inevitably create higher rates of programmatic film. Yeah. So with the focus on, and I don't think everybody can say this, but with the focus on quality inventory, when, when you guys are looking at a, a publisher and your definition of a publisher, who, who really is your, let's say, Tryon's client? Is it more of like the, the ad tech platforms like Didna? Because we, we have SSPs on our side and we have publishers. Or is it a direct-to-publisher play? Because it seems like you're almost qualifying the publisher inventory so that you can create a partnership with some of these platforms out there. What, what would you say in terms of like target client and strategy for 21? Uh, well, the, the answer actually is all of the above, because when you're doing something like you're doing, you actually find the right partners find you as opposed to you finding them. And a good yeah. example of that is, is the growing relationship between Triumph and Didna kind of came in through that kind of environment where when you're doing these kind of things, people kind of find you and you, you, you find like attracts like. And you build a business that way. I think that the key that's really important is to never think that you're just one thing or you have one customer. And and ultimately, the customer themselves are really the people that that basically utilize advertising, watch it, click it, and buy things based on it. Because um, people that click and people that buy or convert are really what generates more traffic over time particularly as programmatic buyers, basically whitelist or blacklist sites based on what they're doing. So literally thinking about who your customer is, you know, sometimes a lot of times a a publisher or a partner might say, what can you do for me? 
And, um, and you know, and, and there's, there's things that we can do and so forth. But literally the first thing that somebody can do for themselves is say, what, am I, what kind of relevant environments would be good for me? And getting insights into what those domains are and understanding those traffic, it allows us as an SSP to augment the data that goes along with that traffic or that publisher so that people know that a publisher is about finance or cycling or about, you know, alternative health or what have you. People don't know this. Yeah. And, you know, and a lot of times people say, well, what's your match rate with this area? And that's certainly been a big part of the way that programmatic advertising has worked. But that match rate against cookies is about to go away. Mm -hmm. So in that case, it's really going to be around really um, contextual or contextual content as a proxy for finding audience, because as much as there's much, a lot of cookie alternatives out there, um, and you know, some of which will work, some of which will not, some of which will stick, some of which will not, we also know that there are buyers that don't want to spend money on that level of data. Right. And so the best way to do that is to package, position, and sell this publisher content so that someone that may not want to pay for the data or whatever can find that um, as well. And I think that, you know, um, the other thing that kind of, I think we all gotta be concerned about is the changes in the market driven by, you know, uh, some of the largest players in big, big, uh, in big tech are going to have downward price pressure mm. on our publishers. Publishers are going to get paid less if we don't figure out a solution to this problem in 2022 than they did in 2021 because all of the data to be able to find good customers and connect with them to make a sale is going to cost a lot more money than it did before. And that is going to come at the expense of the publisher. Our goal at Tryon, our goal working with companies like Didna are to figure out what the secret sauce is so that we can help publishers maintain their pricing, grow their pricing and scale in what I think can be, if we do this right, an actual opportunity for the publishers to finally get more, not less, even though the deck is somewhat still stacked against us. Yeah. So who's, whose problem is it really? Because I, I think uh, Didna and Tryon are both on the same page where as an advocate for publishers, we are, we are taking on the problem of, of now having to go towards contextual or having no cookies left anymore. And there's going to be a couple different ideas, but is it more of who, who's right? Really? Is it, is it a publisher issue? Is it the SSPs and the, the players on the sell side? Is it the buy side? Is it an ad industry as a whole? Who should be paying attention to this kind of stuff? Well, it's, you know, I, I think that one of the challenges that we have is outside of the duopoly or players in big tech, um, smaller publishers, and by smaller, I, I still mean like major multinational corporations <laughs> right. do not connect and act as a cohesive group. Mm -hmm. And everybody is very skeptical of working with each other for a variety of reasons, because everybody thinks that everybody else is taking a little piece of everybody's money. And the, the way that you're gonna look at the ad tech ecosystem and the way that you're gonna look at 
the way that people buy online advertising is in the old days, okay, um, people bought advertising in a magazine and you would buy one magazine over another in the same segment, okay? So you'd buy into one food magazine, not five food magazines. You know, there's some exceptions like auto, but you know, in, in most cases you buy one or another. In the case of online, a good buyer is going to buy advertising from a myriad of sources. They're not going to focus on one publisher. They're certainly not going to focus on one domain. They're going to spread it out. And so what we need to understand is it starts by getting on the playing field. That's where connecting in with Tryon, connecting in with, we did the kind of helps people get on the playing field and get buys that they wouldn't get. But the next step is as you perform, you want to get larger portions of that buy from those programs and what you're looking to do. And so you can't be afraid of the fact that you're playing with everybody else because getting, you know, playing the game isn't the same as winning the game. And it's not really a zero sum game. You, you just need to get more. That's, yeah. you know, you know, March is a month beginning with M in our company. We call it the month of more. And it's really about making sure that you know, you're looking at your customers. You're looking at DSPs that buy you. If you have visibility into what those campaigns, what those agencies are, they're buying against it, great. And are they going up or are they going down? If they're going up, it's great. If it's going down, it's not. But the area that I think that it's interesting is there's a lot of people blaming the consumer for this. Like, oh, no, it's privacy. You know, the consumers are, we're giving them the content for free. And, um, and these consumers want to keep us from advertising against them. Particularly in the social world, consumers have been so taken advantage of and manipulated with and so forth that it's kind of led to this scenario. Yeah. They're not really the ones here that are the, the bad guys at all. And I think that the thing that we got to look at is there are ways for publishers to love their customers and better understand their consumers. It's called site registration. <laughs> and so, you know, you can do this. And a registered user from an enterprise value standpoint dramatically increases what the value of a, of a publisher or what the domain actually is. And so, you know, a lot of folks have kind of not been doing that, saying cookies are what matters, site registration don't matter, et cetera. Now what's old is new and we got to start looking at that. And from my point of view, I'm trying to think about how can we take the site registration data, which probably is not going to connect with itself the way that some players like, and how do we package and position that in ways where maybe everything isn't connected, but people could use that to make more effective buying decisions and literally connect the right program with the right consumer without having to go through a lot of, uh, a lot of trouble. Right. So that's really simple and brilliant advice for a publisher right there. You already, you already touched on that with actual site registration. Here, here's an answer to a problem that we're, we're addressing. What other kind of advice do you have for publishers navigating the ad industry right now? Um, and I think you've got a lot of expertise in that one particular area, but. Well, you know, it's, I, I think that one of the key things is to have a strategy for monetization of your site. And it is not just calling up, partners, supply distributors like, like a try-on. It's about understanding what that is. 
And all too often, and, and, and particularly in this realm of, of cookie matching and, um, and dynamic content and, and things of that nature, um, you often find that, that pub some publishers have a predisposition to wanting to move between whatever partner basically um, is going to give them the, the best deal, a different deal, a what have you, okay? And, and you know, um, you know, it's the devil you know is sometimes better in these environments. And I think it really does come down to when you is to find partners that you feel comfortable with to try. Okay. I don't think you should move to anybody the first time and and knock somebody out, but do some testing, see what works. In this environment of aggregation, making sure that the payment waterfall is is what you expect that the volume is somewhere near what you expect mm. and that it's, uh, that it's growing over time. So I think it's really about finding a good partner that you trust and, and try to find folks that seem to be working with, with, with publishers on a long-term basis and, you know, and ask them for referrals. If they don't give them to you, you right. should probably like kind of move on. I mean, there's a whole host of an ecosystem that just basically will move a publisher from one, you know, from one supply platform to another and vice versa. And the only person that that really works for is the person that's basically moving the, uh, working as a consultant to move the publisher from the, you know, from the publisher to those, uh, to those platforms. So, right. you know, I think the key, the other thing is, and, and I think that this is a, another thing that's important to understand for younger publishers, bigger publishers are gonna get this, is that traffic is not linear. Traffic is seasonal. There are ebbs and flows in the market. Uh, inventory will basically clear based on different times of day that relate to volume and, and, and so forth. And, and while people think that it's about audiences that drive uh, rates of fill, the fact is other things going on in the world actually impact the fill on a particular day, like the Super Bowl, like the day after Thanksgiving. So looking at understanding that kind of thing is really critical to being able to understand, you know, those things like, you know, as well as the other thing is understanding how shifting regulations can basically create new sources of demand, mm -hmm. but also you know, things where, you know, you could have day-to-day fall-offs on demand as a result of something going on in the, the uh, you know, geopolitical landscape. And, right. you know, um, the, th the thing that I think a lot of folks have forgotten in the, in the realm of publishing is brand advertisers do not run in front of negative news. Right. And so if you have a war, if you have a, you know, a, a, you know, it, it's it, it's interesting, but you know, the, the the pandemic itself has had an effect on depressing advertising. So things are going well for programmatic advertising. I think everyone's feeling um, actually better about it than they were like this time last year. Mm -hmm. But that said, it's going to grow exponentially next year when we don't have the headwinds of uh, of COVID. With us. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, well, thank you for that, Paul. And before we sign off for the publishers watching, uh, what's the easiest way for them to get in contact with you, try on? And then I know you've got plenty of other projects going on. Um, anything you want to share with them before we, we end today? Well, the, the one area that, that you know, that, that 
I'm looking at constantly and our team at Tryon is looking at constantly is what does the digital landscape going to look like? Who are the advertisers? What are they doing? What do they want? And how does that relate to the publishing partners that we're going to have bring on and monetize? And it really does come down to um, a lot of the advertising has moved from branding to much more performance advertising. You know, I mean, um, online is always, and programmatic has always been audience centric uh, performance advertising, but it's been moved way more and expedited more. And that's probably gonna continue. What's also interesting is because of changing regulations in the United States, both before COVID um, into, into current, is there's a variety of regulated industries which are able to advertise um, that they haven't before. And we've built out a business called CanView focused on um, providing access to the modern Canada customer and CBD buyer. And this is really uh, a fundamentally high growth area for our business because these are brands that really have first time customers. You don't, yeah. you don't have repeat customers to buy a CBD product. They used to kick the tires when they went to CVS or Walgreens. They actually, many of these brands just got distribution in CVS in January of 2020. Right. They, you know, by, by March, they weren't going to CVS at all. Now they have to sell by web. And so looking at how, what, what those regulated markets are and choosing whether or not you as a publisher want to go and attack that. We can help you with how to figure out what requirements or restrictions you can place on your media for those areas, what audiences to go after, um, and where you want to go. And I, and I think that, you know, as we, other areas that probably are going to be relevant in 2022, 2023, are things like sportsbook advertising and so yeah. forth as well. So there's a lot of regulated market areas. The best way, easiest way for someone to connect with us is to visit um, the website, uh, tryoninteractive.com, and you're going to see a registration link on that page. Register, fill out the form, and we'll start talking to you. Uh, there's, it's as simple sometimes as running our tags, but uh, we, can, we can talk about ways to monetize the inventory and, and also uh, find ways to connect you to the right partner. Because if we're not the right one, we're going to connect you with Digna or some other good partners in the, in the, in the ecosystem uh, to make things work. I think the most important thing is um, to think about your customer, think about your business, and try some things. And don't, don't necessarily throw everything into a new basket. Test, test, test. And when it works, lather, rinse, repeat. It's been yeah. a real pleasure being here. I appreciate it very much. Yeah, of course. Thank you, Paul. Um, everybody watching today, thank you for jumping on and watching the Dinda Dialogue. If you liked the video, go ahead and press like. If you have any questions, comments, leave one below. If you have any ideas on who else you'd like to see on the Dinda Dialogue, go ahead and leave that in the comments below as well. Paul, again, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for jumping on. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure.